You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. It says, power through your day with prayer in Jesus' name. Now, I know you've all seen Power Aid before, and it promises to give you energy to help you power through your day. We're going to talk about something that will help you power through your day. And some of you are excited about going back to school, and I have a feeling some of you are not so excited. And you know you're going to have to make a lot of decisions when you're there, and you're going to have to choose to stand up for God. And we want you to have the power to do that. And that will be in Jesus' name. So um, Powerade drink, they say, take a breath, take a moment, take what you need to be your best. When you pause, you come back stronger. Well, we're going to say, when you pray, you come back stronger. When you pause, pray. Um, Our Powerade, our help is in Jesus. And I want you to pause in your day that you get that power, that strength. Isaiah 40 and 29 It says, the Lord gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. James 5.16 says, the prayer of the righteous is effective and powerful. So we're going to pray because it is effective and it is powerful. We can talk to God any time of the day, and that's what I'm hoping for you students. Um, All day long, talk to him, no matter what's happening. Just pause and pray. If you are at school or wherever you are, whether you're having a good day, if you're having a good day, say, thank you, Jesus, because I know every good and perfect gift is from you, Lord. If your day is not so good, maybe you're at school or wherever you're at and you are just maybe lonely or you're tired or you're scared, pause and pray. If you're confused, pause and pray in Jesus' name. Power through your day with prayer because it is powerful and effective. Jesus said that whatever we ask in his name, according to his will, he will do it, and glory will be given to him. If you're lonely or you're scared, pray, thank you, Jesus, that your word says you will never leave me nor forsake me. If you, you can say, you are a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. If you're confused about decisions that you need to make, pray, Lord, help me to do what is right and what is good in your eyes, in Jesus' name. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, if we seek God's will in all that we do, he will show you the path to take. Some of you are going to have to decide, what friends will I hang out with at school this year? Some of you will decide, um, maybe about a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you definitely have to pause and pray about that one. And whatever decision you have to make, maybe for your future, those that are in grade 12, you know, what career path am I going to take? Take time and pray and ask God to help you make the right decision. And trust that our power aid is going to help us. If you need energy, you're feeling weak, go to God in prayer. And in Jesus' name, and he will help you. So we are going to pray right now for all of our students. Parents, you may know a little better what they need exactly um, God to do for them and in their life. But we're all going to pray together for our students. I love seeing this, all these young people that are here, and that you are living for God. I'm proud of you, that you're standing up for what is right, because I know that's not easy. 
So church, let's pray together and ask God to give strength that they will have the wisdom to turn to God whenever they need a little direction. Thank you, Jesus, that we can come to you. God, that your name is the name above every other name. God, that all authority belongs to you. God, I pray that you will touch each student, God. Whatever happens to them every day at school, that you will be their strength. They will turn to you, God. They will trust in you. God, that no matter what is going through their mind, whatever is happening around them, that they will pause and they will pray and they will say, Jesus, I need you. Oh God, I need your power right now. You are my help in time of trouble. God, you're the one I can depend on. You are my fortress. You are my refuge. God, you're everything I need. No matter what is happening around them, God, that they will trust in you. God, they will turn to you, that you will be the most important part of their day. Jesus, that they will trust you to lead them and to guide them, that their relationship with you will go stronger, oh God, as they take everything to you in prayer. God, because there is power in talking to you, God. It is effective and it is powerful. Oh God, we thank you, God, that we know you. We know you, the mighty God, that we know we can turn to you, God, when all else fails, God, you are, can be trusted. Lord, we can have our confidence in you. You will never fail us, God. You are faithful and you are true and you are a God of love. Oh God, just be with each student, each teacher, each person that works in the school system. God, help their light to shine for you, that they may turn others to you, that they can lead others to talk to you, to have a relationship with you. God, we thank you for each of them. God, be with them and bless them. Oh God, as they live for you and as they walk with you, and we thank you for it in your mighty name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we were missionaries to Pakistan, and we get asked so many times this question, why would you go to Pakistan? Why would you take your, children, your small children and leave Montreal, Canada, with my widowed mother standing beside me and my husband's widowed mother standing beside him? And we take their three grandchildren all the way, 10,000 miles away, to Pakistan. And you know, Pakistan is not a tourist destination. It's not like Hawaii. But here's my answer. I have an answer and a very good reason to say. And it's in Mark 16:15. A small word. Jesus said unto them, Go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We went to Pakistan because Jesus said go. And everything we do, we try and listen to the Lord telling us what to do. And the Lord said go. And what was amazing about Pakistan is that he said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. And he never did leave us nor forsake us. So from the day we landed in Pakistan in 1973, and I realize this is old history because a lot of people in the churches weren't even born at that time. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But it was like stepping into the book of Acts, the continuing book of Acts. It was just so exciting. What a privilege. The Pakistani Christians did not know about the Holy Ghost. They did not know about the oneness of God or baptism in Jesus name but they were so hungry for the truth and when the gospel was preached this powerful gospel repent and be baptized 
and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it works every time. It works in every nation, every language, for every people's. God is no respecter of persons. It's a powerful gospel that we have. And I am so glad as the people there, they heard the word of God. They listened, they obeyed, and they received it. It was so easy. We were privileged and to witness thousands of people receive the Holy Ghost. In one meeting, we just walked by people, and you could hear them start talking in tongues. It was just amazing. It was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost because that's what he promised. He would fill his people with the Holy Ghost. He would give them new birth and new life. And uh, there are many occasions I could tell you, but one time I was watching my husband baptize people in a canal. Now, this water that was going down there was very dirty, and I can't explain to you the stuff that was floating on by, you know. But he was in there that day. He baptized 100 people in dirty water in Jesus' name, and they got their sins all washed away, completely washed away. So we were privileged to see God perform many miracles and uh, as the gospel was preached from village to village by the missionaries, and it was what, such a great privilege for us that we had a little part in that. And I'll just tell you one quick story. It is in the book, and uh, you can check it out later. But we were in a big convention, and there was uh, thousands of people there. And uh, we, I was a new missionary, and I usually sit on the front row, but with all those people in this big tent, I was a little nervous. So I came up here, and I stood right beside my husband. And I'm so glad I did because it was my first eyewitness miracle that happened right before me in front of the pulpit. People were pushing their way to get through and and jostling and trying just someone to touch them in Jesus' name. They had great needs. They needed miracles. But I noticed in the back there was a little commotion, and we were always worried about crowd control and what might happen if things got out of hand. But I noticed this couple in the back, they lifted up a baby, their baby wrapped in a blanket. And they knew that they were never going to get down front. The crowd was too great. It was too big of a multitude there. And so they lifted the baby up over and passed it out over the heads of the people. You know, when it came to one row, then they just passed it very gently on down to the next one. And I'm standing right here, and this baby comes right here, and I don't know exactly what's wrong with it. But when I have a closer look, I see that its eyes are darting back and forth. So I'm thinking it's blind or is a disconnection here between the brain. I didn't really know. But I remember that four hands reached out and touched that baby in Jesus' name, and those eyes stopped and focused, and they were looking normal, looking like they were supposed to look. God had done a great miracle right there, and I was a witness to that. I am so privileged to think God would do that, and it's so amazing that God would do that for a little baby, a little baby in Pakistan. Those parents were happy. I'm, I was thinking, oh, I want to know the rest of the story. I want to see, you know, I knew I would never get back there and talk to them. But as they passed the baby very gently back to the parents, they kind of just threw it up in the air a little bit, but they caught it in a big hug. And I said, that's my confirmation. Those parents rec recognized by their actions that God had done a miracle for their baby right there that day. And uh, it was a miracle for me, too, because I got to witness that. It's really wonderful. God is no respecter of persons. And I love babies, and I'm so glad that baby got its miracle. But you know what? The Lord doesn't love that baby more than he loves all of you. 
And so anything that you have today, have a need, have a miracle, have a desire. God can do it. Do you believe that? God can do it. God can do it. So let's all stand and let's speak that name, Jesus. Do we want to say it in Urdu? Yesu kename. Yesu kename. In the name of Jesus, we declare healings. We declare deliverance. We proclaim miracles in Jesus' name in this house today. Receive your miracle today from the Lord. Lord bless you. I this service this morning with high expectation. I have come anticipating God to do a great work in our midst today. I believe that everybody has faith. The Bible says that we have faith. You have faith. I have faith. Give it to every man is a measure of faith, the scripture says. But we must exercise our faith. We know what happens when we don't exercise physically. We get weak. We get lazy. We get overweight. All these things happen. I'm a specimen of all that. But if we don't exercise our faith, we become weak Christians. We become ineffective. God wants us to be strong in faith. Amen. And I believe that as we stretch out of our comfort zone, of our current expectations for this service, and we move into the operation of God's power, we are exercising our faith. These signs shall follow the believer. I am not the one doing the healing. I cannot heal anybody. Pastor Carter cannot heal anyone. There is only one in this house that is able to heal, perform miracles, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so every time I pray, I am going to believe that it is going to happen. If we could go to the Word of God, Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, With men it is impossible but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Mark 11, verse 24, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall, everybody say shall, shall have them. Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Romans 10 and verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I love this scripture. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. You and I have been given power. We have been given authority to use the word of God. We speak politics. We speak a lot of other things that are not very important. But why not speak the word of God? I don't know you this morning and I don't know what your situation is. But I believe that whatever the situation is in your life and in your family, if you need healing, if you have a situation at home, 
you don't know what to do, God's got the answer. And I believe that right now, before we go any further, we are going to speak to that situation. We're going to speak healing. My wife mentioned it. We're going to speak deliverance. Hallelujah. Speak. You think about that situation right now. Would you lift your hand and begin to speak directly to that situation? The word of God. Speak the word. You have been given power and you've been given authority to speak the word of God to that situation that you are facing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is done. It is done. It is done. We believe it is done. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Before you're seated, I want to say something here. Uh, I, I'm sure that this doesn't ever happen in Canada, but uh, I've heard it many times in the United States, all right? Some people say, well, why do all of these miracles happen over there in Pakistan? And they don't happen here. I hope nobody here has ever made that kind of a statement. I want to declare to you this morning that miracles are happening in Canada. I want to declare to you that miracles are happening in New Brunswick, in St. John, New Brunswick. Miracles are happening here this morning. You don't have to go to Pakistan or to the Philippines or El Salvador or Mexico or someplace to see a miracle. I believe the same God is right here in this house, and he is a miracle-working God. And we must understand that we are under the authority of God's word. You may be seated. I believe that we must believe God's word, but it's not enough for us to believe God's word. We must act on his word. If God says it, then it is true. If God says, by his stripes, I am healed, then I am healed. If God has promised to supply all my needs, then he will. We must always act accordingly. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. Faith says, I have it now. Faith says, it is mine. Faith says, it is written. Real faith rests entirely on thus saith the word of God. Faith means that we believe that God has already done what we ask him to do, a very simple definition of faith. Whatever we've asked him to do, we believe that God has already done that. Let me add to that this morning. We believe it is done even before we see it done and even before we feel it. Our faith is in the Word of God, so we declare it on the basis of the authority of the Word of God. We believe it is done, not because we see it is done, but we believe that God's Word declares it is done. So what is a miracle, and do miracles really happen today? I declare to you upon the authority of God's Word that miracles are happening even right now in this place. 
In the Bible, we know that there are many records there of miracles, many miracles. Jesus performed many miracles, so we will not go into that this morning. But in the Bible also, it uses other terms which mean the same as miracles. For example, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, a gift from God is a miracle. The gift of the Holy Ghost, I believe, is the greatest miracle that's ever been performed in the life of a human being, of an individual. If you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is the greatest miracle of all. The Bible speaks about the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. We don't hear much preaching on the grace of God, but I thank God for His grace. And we have access into God's grace through faith. The Bible says the grace of God does everything in our lives. We receive forgiveness of our sins by the grace of God. We receive remission of our sins in baptism by the grace of God. We receive healing by the grace of God. Our prayers are answered by grace. Protection is received by grace. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is by grace. Salvation is by grace. You cannot merit it. You cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. God has already provided everything by His grace. But faith is the hand that reaches in. And grabs a hold of that which God has already provided by grace. The price has been paid. Just reach your hand in this morning and receive that which has already been paid for by the grace of God. And so my message to you this morning is this. I am a miracle and you are a miracle. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a miracle. Now, sometimes we think if we get the right preacher over here in Mission Point, right evangelist. Now, you got Brother Bernard coming. You got some heavy hitters coming there, Brother Brother Scott Graham. Maybe if we can get Brother Bernard here, we'll see a miracle. I want to ask you this morning, what's wrong with your faith? We don't need to depend on somebody else's faith to get our miracle. In fact, I believe it's our personal faith. It's your faith that is going to bring the miracle into your life. There's nothing wrong with the faith that God has already given to us. We have been given a measure of faith. But it is important. For us to develop that faith and to strengthen that faith by feeding upon the Word of God. And the Bible says, and we read it to you this morning, the Word is in your mouth. So we speak the Word. Sickness don't stand a chance in the face of the name of Jesus. Chains and bondage and addictions Don't stand a chance in the face of the name of Jesus. 
fear, fear of COVID-19, depression, oppression, anxiety. Don't stand a chance in the face of the name of Jesus. There is deliverance from demon powers. Don't tell me all the demons are over in Pakistan. There's some demons here in New Brunswick. There's some here in St. John. I think I've felt a few of them since I arrived. Demon powers. That doesn't mean that you're demon-possessed. That means that there's demonic activity that torment you and harass you and keep you awake at night. These are spirits that torment the people of God. I'm here to tell you this morning that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance over every demon activity that is coming against you, coming against your family, in the name of Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness in his name. There is safety in the name of Jesus. Let's talk about a few miracles this morning. Praise God. We've been traveling for the last nine months or so, and we have witnessed some tremendous miracles, and to God be all the glory. We have our pages, in fact, emails, uh, text messages from pastors that have sent us reports. In North Carolina, there was a man in the service that had cancer. He had a tumor on the back of his leg. It was 16 inches long. He had spots in his lungs and in his liver, and they were, always, they were all so worried and concerned about him. I knew this man personally. I called him by name. I said, Mike, today is your day to receive your miracle. When I said that, Mike stood up and began to wave his hands and began to cry out to God. God healed him right there instantly of that cancer. He went back to the doctor, no cancer. The growth on the back of his leg, they said, was nothing but baby fat. God healed him in that service by the power of the name of Jesus. We have reports of those with leukemia that have been healed of skin cancer. In Michigan, there was a man that was going in in two weeks for a liver transplant. The pastor was telling me about him. People were worried about him. He went in for his liver transplant two weeks after that. And they said, we're going to check you before we do this surgery. They went in and checked him. They came out and they said, sir, you don't need a liver transplant. We've taken you off of the donor list. They said, man, what happened to you? He said, I don't know what happened to me. But I remember I went through a prayer line and hands were laid on me in Jesus' name. There was a little girl in Michigan that had angel syndrome. Angel syndrome, a, a, a precious little girl, beautiful little girl, but she could not walk. She could not talk. She was spastic, sweet little thing. We prayed for her in the name of Jesus. Brother Arnold called me. Two weeks later, he said, Brother Hanscom, you will not believe this, but that little girl with angel syndrome, she has been healed. She is now walking. Amen. Come on now, let's give the Lord some praise, why don't we? God's doing great things. This is the hour 
the time when we can expect even greater things in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. I'm just going down the list. I know I'm limited on time. In Arizona, there was a woman that came in on a walker and left without the walker. In San Diego, there was a little boy. His lung was collapsed. He was healed by the power of God. He was in the hospital. They released him the very next day. In Chula Vista, California, Brother Art Hodges, there was a man in the service that had high sugar level. His, he had a monitor there. He was checking his sugar. It was up over 400. He said to me after the service, I'm sitting in the service, and I'm wondering, should I go to the hospital or should I go through that prayer line? He said, I decided to go through the prayer line. He showed me his monitor. He went in the prayer line, over 400. He came out of the prayer line. It had dropped immediately to 82. That's a miracle. In Merced, California, the pastor's son was having seizures. God healed him by the power of God. Some of you know Brother Gordon Mallory. Brother Mallory's been fighting bladder cancer for five or six years. Finally, they said, You're going to have to, we're going to have to take your bladder out. So he went into the hospital in Jackson, Mississippi to get his bladder removed. They said, Before we do this, we're going to scope you one more time. They scoped him. They came out. Doctor said, Why are you here? You do not have any sign of cancer whatsoever in your bladder. There's not a sign of a cancer cell anywhere. That is a miracle. If you could put that first picture I gave you up on the screen, that's Sister Donita Drost. I think most of you would know her. Her parents are here this morning. This is a miracle. This lady here, our missionary, she had a blood clot in her brain. I think she had three of them, actually. And then she had an aneurysm. And the doctors gave her less than 5% chance of survival. But people begin to pray all over the world for this lady. They begin to call on the name of Jesus to heal her. We walked into the room there in Mexico City, and she immediately recognized us. Steve, her husband, got so excited, said this is the first time she's recognized anybody since she had this problem. From that moment on, she began to improve. I talked to the doctor, was standing there in the hospital room, and over and over again, he shook his head. He said, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. We gave her no chance of survival. We didn't believe she was going to make it. But here she is. Give me the next video, if you will. If you can make it work for us. There she is. That's her. Look at you. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise. This is a miracle right here. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We talked to her just yesterday on the phone. She looks great. She's back doing her missionary work. This is a great miracle. Praise God. Let's go to Pakistan for just a little bit here. We saw many, many miracles we, would do, we do encourage you to buy that book if you can. My wife and I, we were uh, in the church one day there in Lahore, and it was through the week. It was, I think it was, it was on a Tuesday. 
And there was a big black limousine that pulled up in front of the church. And I looked out and I'm wondering, who is this? And there was a man that stepped out of that limousine. He had a uniform on. We found out later that he was a brigadier general, a high-ranking military man. We, he was carrying his little girl in his arms. And he came to the door of the church. He's a Muslim. And he said, sir, Captain Zaman, this was a man we had in our church there in Lahore. He said, Captain Zaman told me that if I bring my little girl over here to this church, that you pray for them in Jesus' name, and they're healed. My little girl has polio. Would you pray for her in Jesus' name? We prayed. My wife and I prayed for her, and they left. Two weeks later, we're at the church. It was in the middle of the week. The same limousine pulls up in front of the church. The brigadier general gets out of the vehicle, but this time, instead of carrying his little girl, he's got her by the hand, and she's walking along beside him. That's a miracle. I was preaching a crusade in the city of Quetta. Quetta is in Balochistan, very close to the border with Afghanistan and Iran. I'd been there several times and preached there in that city. We did not have a church building, so we were having services outside in open compounds, and, and we even had services on the street. People would come by, and they would ask for prayer, and we would pray for them. In Jesus' name. I was invited to the large Methodist church there in Quetta to come and preach a crusade. And so I went there to preach that crusade. The second night of the crusade, there was a man that walked up to me. He was a Muslim man. He said to me, Sir, I heard that you were here. I have traveled 600 miles to come here to see you. I came to thank you. Because several weeks ago, you prayed for my little girl. She had cerebral palsy. I have come to tell you and to thank you for praying. Because now my little girl is absolutely healed and well. Praise God. I was preaching in the city of Lahore. And in those early days of missionary work there, we were allowed to put a speaker up on the building. And we could broadcast our services out over the community. Oftentimes, non-Christians would sit in their homes and they would listen to the service. The second night of that crusade, this man came to me. He was a Muslim. And he said, sir, I am very, very confused. He said, last night, while you were preaching from the Holy Bible, my wife and I and our two sons, we were sitting in our home and we were listening to that uh, message. He said something strange, something miraculous took place while you were preaching from the Holy Bible. He said, I have two sons. Both of them were born deaf. But while you were preaching from the Holy Bible, both of my sons immediately began to hear perfectly. A miracle took place. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm here to tell you today that there's power in the Word. There's power in the Word. Hallelujah. We could go on and on and tell you about so many miracles. I think all of you have heard the story of our son. When we were there in Lahore, Pakistan, 19, 
75. He was five years old. He fell off the roof of our house. Could you put that first picture up there? There he is. And uh, I was at the church at the time. We were in the middle of a conference when this happened. And when I got to the hospital where they had him in the emergency room there, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. My little five-year-old boy had fallen 20 feet off of the roof of our house and struck his head on concrete. When he hit that concrete driveway, it smashed his head wide open. The doctor told me, that he said, sir, this is hopeless. There's nothing we can do for your son. He cannot live. He has massive brain injury. He has gray matter coming out of his left ear. There's nothing we can do, sir. I said, we'll take him back to Canada. We'll get him into a good hospital. He said, sir, I'm telling you, you will never get your boy out of this airport alive. I remember as I picked my little boy up in my arms, and my wife and I, we began to carry him across that hospital ward. We had to move him to another hospital, which was several miles away. God, sometimes he would stop breathing and we would shake him and say, breathe in Jesus' name, and he would gasp for breath. This went on for about three days. My wife, for the most part, was holding him in our arms and praying. I tried to get a call through to our international headquarters, and I could not get a call through. This was before the days of email and um, cell phones and all that. But I'm so glad that God knew where we were. And the church in Pakistan were praying. Those people there in the church in Lahore, we could hear them praying out in front of the hospital day and night. They were praying and calling on the name of Jesus. On the third day after the accident, all hope was gone. There was no pulse and there was no breath. My wife ran out of the room screaming and saying, I can't stand to watch my boy die. I remember as I fell down on the bed beside him and I pulled him close to me and I began to scream to the top of my lungs and cry out to God. I said, God, I've seen you open blinded eyes. I've seen you make crippled people walk. I've seen you perform many, many miracles. Now, God, it's my turn. I need a miracle, God. And while I was praying that prayer to God, suddenly I felt somebody tap me on my left shoulder. And I looked up, and there was a man that was standing right here beside me. He did not give me his name. He didn't tell me where he come from. He looked like a Pakistani. He said, sir, God has sent me to pray for your son. And when he said that, he reached his hand out and laid it on the forehead of my little boy and started to pray. And when that man prayed, immediately, instantly, my son opened his eyes and began to speak. Daddy, I'm sorry I climbed up on the roof. That was the first thing he said. He thought he was in trouble. And he was.
I stood up and I turned around because in my mind I'm thinking this is a minister. He's a pastor. I don't know him, but I thought he was a pastor. I wanted to thank him. I wanted to get acquainted with him. But I turned and to get acquainted with this man, and he was no longer there. I searched for him. I went out into the parking lot. I went through the hospital foyer and all that and trying to find this man. I could not find this man. I don't know who it was. I, I just have a feeling that it was an angel that God sent down all the way down from glory to touch my boy. I mean, I believe that's possible. I believe it is. Next picture, please, if you will. There he is. That's him. He's got three sons. They pastor a great church in Jacksonville, North Carolina. He's absolutely normal. If he walked in here right now, you would never know he ever had an accident. I want to tell you this is a miracle right here. This is a great miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, we are going to speak faith. And we're going to proclaim and speak healing. We are going to, in the name of Jesus, loose miracles in this place. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. The word of God says, I'm healed. I'm healed. I proclaim what the word of God says. I'm healed. We're not going to beg God for miracles. We're not beggars. We're children of God. And God is interested in you and who you are and your situation. But we are going to worship him. And I think I can say here this morning that every time I've ever seen a miracle, it was always when that individual was worshiping Jesus. Worshiping Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.